This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. Hey everybody, glad you could join us for our kids' horror finale. We have a couple of quick segments for you guys to wrap up this season, and so take a listen. So this season was ostensibly kids' horror movies. And I think that of the movies that we watch, most of them fit in pretty well into the genre for children, but some of them do skew a little bit older or younger than others. I'll be honest, all but one of these I think is appropriate for adults. I uh, I think this list is a great list for both kids and their parents uh, without driving their parents batty, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> No, totally. Like I had so much fun with this season. I think I have a feeling which one you would say is not good for adults. <laughs> based, yeah, you based think? on uh, some previously stated opinions, I want to get right into this and rank these movies for what is most appropriate for kids, youngest to oldest, because there are some movies that we watched this season that were surprisingly adult, I thought. I thought so too. And I like to think that I would be a cool aunt and let my niece or nephew watch whatever they want. But actually, some of these movies, I had to think about it a little bit and think like, well, when would I introduce this to somebody, even as a cool aunt? I I still have some limits. You don't want to be responsible for those middle of the night (laughs) night terrors. No, no. Well, maybe after you send them home, but uh, even then. No, I want to be cool. I don't want to scare them. Well, I think the least cool movie and the youngest. And the most appropriate for children. Has goosebumps. <laughs> and not adults. Yeah. Goosebumps was just so boring because the peril was so not there mm-hmm. that it's only good for kids. I just don't see how an adult or a person with an adult sensibility about them and the movies they choose to watch would enjoy this at all. I totally agree. It felt like it was a nostalgia vehicle for millennial parents, but it was so flat in so many ways. Like I felt like it wasn't even like being clever. And I feel like if you're not going to be scary, you might as well be clever. And I don't really think it was much of either. No, not at all. So it's also not scary. Like we were saying, there's no peril. There's no sex talk. There's no bad words. It's very, very saccharine. Uh, you could you could easily watch this with any of your kids. I, I would say. I think it's a good, very gentle intro into the horror genre. And I think that the next 
three movies on our list are probably even a better intro to horror. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Adam's Family is next on our list. Now, there's a lot of innuendo in this movie, but it'll go over most kids' heads. I, I really didn't think anything perverse watching this movie as a kid other than, oh, those two love each other. Yeah. I mean, it shows a really uh, healthy married relationship, which is great. There's very humorous macabre jokes around, you know, Wednesday and Pugsley trying to kill each other. And it has that great kid element of showing adults being buffoons, which I think that really speaks to children. (laughs) Yeah, kids love that. And it also just plays with that trope of brother and brother and sister rivalries. Mm -hmm. It just dials it up to the macabre factor, right? Um, But it's it's a it's a very relatable scenario for any kid. Mm -hmm. So they would enjoy watching watching their brotherly and sisterly antics. It's a really good movie for those baby goths in your life. I feel like if you watch this with them and they really, really key into it, you know, there's that whole Tim Burton-esque genre that you can then branch out into, Nightmare Before Christmas, Beetlejuice even, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a lot more adult in some ways <laughs> but yeah. I think it it's a good litmus test for what your kid's willing to to watch and be interested in it's a little dark but everyone feels like a cartoon character mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't feel serious at all yep hocus pocus is where we start getting into death children dying yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens first thing in children's the movie children's death yeah that's a pretty big plot point in this movie and i know adults who to this day find hocus pocus to be a scary movie because of yes (laughs) Yes. no it's not Not you right no of course not me okay no i think it's just the the plot of um seducing children in order to kill them Hmm. and let these witches live forever like is a genuinely spooky concept for kids and so it really sticks with some people and so that's something to keep in mind you know as we were watching these movies that you know we're adults watching this with an adult lens but kids really glom on to hyper specific details I would say about the death that they do show in the movie it's very gentle uh there's no violence and you get to see the brother and sister reunite in death as ghosts. And so it's kind of like, oh, it's a little bittersweet at the end. <laughs> so it's but it's definitely above, I would say, the Adams family and Goosebumps for sure. I would agree. Especially since kids do die in it. Yeah, it's that kind of like soul sucking death more so than a violent death. Much more tame than what we see even in the witches, which doesn't have death, but does have gruesome transformation scenes. <laughs> it alludes to death and it is just got some really creepy makeup and special effects. And they're not CGI. So, you know, the actors are actually with this 
creepy looking stuff and it you can feel it like when you're watching the movie you can really feel how gross and scary these witches are and so I think that definitely bumps it up our list Oh, definitely. I think that the practical effects of the little boy turning into a mouse, just nightmare fuel. <laughs> it would probably be up higher. They had stayed mice like in the original book. but I know. Us and Roald Dahl. <laughs> we just want the original. <laughs> I know. Well, Monster Squad, we put right smack in the middle and not for any reason you would think. It's just a little... It's not scary. It's just more geared towards adult sensibilities, I would say. Kids might find this a little boring. Now, I loved it as a kid. I probably loved it maybe younger than it was intended for. And I I don't think I really cared too much about the story, but I did like the monsters and I liked how the little girl had a relationship with Frankenstein. But yeah, the story wasn't strong. It's it's not particularly memorable. It has that 80s nostalgia factor that I think for people who watched it when it came out would gloss over a little bit more than a parent today. It came would. out in the 90s. It feels like an 80s movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, it feels like a ripoff of Goonies. Truly. It, I mean, liberal use of bullying kids in this movie. They use <laughs> yeah, some slurs 90s. in it that you probably wouldn't want your kids to hear for the first time from a movie. You know, just things that right. Um, I think that had you watched it when it came out, you would be like, yeah, that movie was so fun. Like, good part of my childhood. But I don't think it needs to be a part of your current children's childhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give it a pass. Uh, Unless you're like me and you've seen it before and you have nostalgia working in its favor. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's probably not worth it. The next one we had was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So I feel like the first set of movies in our list, you could still ostensibly show to kids. But starting with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, this one, for me at least, feels like teenagers and up are probably going to be more interested and more able to handle what they're watching. Yes. Middle schoolers, mm -hmm. maybe sixth graders, fifth graders, maybe. This had some stuff in it that I found very frightening mm -hmm. while watching. That woman in the red room, it's very haunting. I really, uh, really liked that character. I know you weren't the biggest fan, <laughs> but it does have some really scary imagery. It totally does. Yeah, it's a it's a little scarier for kids. I feel like the editing on this one feels a little bit more adult. You know, they're ramping up the music. It's very atmospheric. There's some jump scares and quick cuts to things that are scary. And it's really starting to build that tension that you see in adult horror movies. And so this one, like, yeah, if you've got a kid who's uh, shown interest in horror or spooky stuff you've shown them you know Hocus Pocus and Adam's Family and they were down with it and they're you know pre-teen to teen like yeah test the water with scary stories so Fear Street all of these are at the top of the list for our, the oldest kids in our lives 
because they are all pretty gruesome, mm-hmm. all pretty violent. Mm-hmm. I think there's cursing. Mm-hmm. There are sex in some of them. Mm-hmm. So we put 1994 first out of the three. Yes. <laughs> I think that Fear Street, watching it, I was surprised at how mature some of the content was. Fear Street 1994 is a pretty pitch perfect homage to Scream and the other like 90s classic slasher movies and the opening scene has a pretty brutal murder (laughs) in it yeah and so it sets the tone right out the gate um that this is a movie that's going to have murderers and blood and like Megan said there's cursing and it's it doesn't feel like it's for kids it feels like it's like very firmly in the mature content territory. And not just with the horror elements or the murder elements, but the topics that get brought up in this trilogy are also very mature. Um, This is an LGBTQ centered story um, about, uh, sorry, for a couple of the main characters. And that may be a conversation you don't feel like having with your kid yet. Just depends, right, where you are in that area with your kid. So aside from the gruesomeness, these are pretty good movies. Like they're they're more in depth than just a horror movie as well, which is why it probably would land better with an older kid as well. Yeah, I think so. I think that just the the trilogy nature of it like there's a lot of plot there's flashbacks I mean the next Fear Street movie we have is 1666 and that's a flashback to the Salem witch trials and the Puritans and it's pretty heavy subject matter it talks about you know religious persecution and (laughs) executing witches at the time and and I think when your kid has more context for things like that probably makes it less scary for one thing because they can kind of get what's going on uh might make it more scary in other ways but this one has some pretty pretty gruesome scenes that i would be pretty hesitant to show a kid or even like a squeamish teenager Mm -hmm. because i know some people Mm -hmm. just cannot hang (laughs) There's a room full of dead children with their eyes bored out. I mean, that that was pretty frightening. <laughs> I just consistently in this trilogy was so surprised at how far they are willing to go. And I think that it's really yeah. cool. Like I I love loved it. It made me enjoy these movies a lot more, but I I kept on having to reset my expectations in this movie because I think of R.L. Stein and I think of Goosebumps and that was the youngest movie on our list and this one's just so on the other end of the spectrum yeah it got the treatment that it deserved uh and that leaves us with fear street 1979 was it 1979 or 1978 okay and that leaves us with fear street 1978 which is last on our list Probably because of that ultra raunchy sex scene. Uh, Very gratuitous. I did not think we would have any sex scenes this season. And so when I saw that dude's butt, I was like, oh, we're going to have to caveat this movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
That was serious. That wasn't just messing around. No. <laughs> they really went for it. I mean, there was like weed smoking and murder and sex and swearing and like just a lot in this movie. I mean, yeah. it's so like perfect. The death at the end is so brutal. <laughs> oh my gosh. The deaths are so good. Like that, yeah. like Jason style character who's like running around with his hatchet so good well i cannot wait to watch fear street with levi in like 15 years <laughs> oh my gosh no we're gonna like do a quick ramp for him he'll be ready for all of these things yes. oh my gosh can you imagine if levi is just like not into any kind of horror movies that will be his oh, rebellion man. <laughs> yeah that's probably what's going to happen to I us. Know. He's going to be like, I like Spider-Man and that's it. He's going to be like, my favorite movie on this list is Goosebumps. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, well, make sure to check out the blog um, for this list if you want to get a primer for yourself and your kids on which movies might be right to introduce them to in our recommended order. But please... Uh, do not blame us if your kids have nightmares. That's on you. This season's artwork for each episode included a finger painting interpretation of each movie that we watched. So we thought, what better craft for a finale than finger paintings of each other? Which, it's so actually difficult to paint a real person, let alone a person that you know well. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Although, okay, I really found finger painting to be quite freeing. I did too. There was something about about it where I was like oh this is going to be bad exactly that then made my expectations so like on the floor <laughs> <laughs> that it was very then easy to feel impressed with any like mediocre effort that went into it very much so I really enjoyed finger painting a lot more than I expected to I think for this reason it's you can't really go wrong I know. It's relaxing. If you have not finger painted since you were a child, uh, please do. This is like a thing that people should have been doing in early COVID. Totally. In like 2020, like there should have been a finger painting craze oh my because gosh. it is very meditative. We went through so many complex, complicated like hobbies that we wanted to try. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember doing this with you, Kate. Like yeah. we, we picked all these different Calligraphy. Yeah. <laughs> Embroidery. It, it required us to purchase so many materials. And meanwhile, we could have just grabbed some cheap paints and used our fingers. <laughs> yeah. It turns out that really all you need is some quiet focus time. And that's really what uh, soothes the brain. Yeah. Well, who wants to go first? We have to exchange and um, gush over each other's paintings, which you guys will be able to see on the blog, of course. I'll show you mine first. Okay. I was actually pretty pleased with myself because I don't think I'm a very good painter or portraitist um, in general, <laughs> especially when it comes to people. I feel like my skills um, in 
arts and crafts really lie in duplicating a reference image. Totally. <laughs> um, and uh, usually like f- like floral or botanical or like nature things because um, there's so much more wiggle room. Um, but for a finger painting, I was pretty pleased with this. It's so good. <laughs> Look, she's got my hair just right. <laughs> I um, My hair is normal. Uh, well, I shouldn't say normally, but I dye my hair blonde and then let it grow out. And she's got my roots like perfect (laughs) and my green eyes. And I'm against a blue background and I'm in a green shirt. I think it's great. Um, oh my gosh, you know, what color is hard to mix is skin color and you've got it. Skin color is, is hard to mix. Um, but I actually was pretty pleased. I was like, this is not like super accurate to your skin tone but I don't think I could have nailed I mean, it <laughs> it's fine it's a finger painting yeah, yeah. For, for using my fingers to mix skin tone colored paint I was pretty pleased yeah <laughs> what was the hardest part of the drawing the hardest part is any kind of fine detail of course because you have adult size fingers <laughs> <laughs> um and so I wish I was able to make your eyebrows a little thinner <laughs> You know, I didn't even notice. Okay. I didn't think they looked too Groucho marks. <laughs> and then the nose. So I had painted kind of the shape of the face yeah, and your neck and it. all of that. And I wanted to add your nose after, but I didn't want it to be like, here's a big old nose. <laughs> I wanted it to just be like, oh, and the nose is part of this. That was a little tricky. But um, but otherwise, like, I think it was good. I think if I had done it again, I would have maybe wanted to try and do um or incorporate your tattoos um because I think that would have been fun even if it was just like blurry color (laughs) um but because I was thinking of this as a portrait I think of portraits as shoulder shoulder up yeah Yeah. exactly yeah yeah well I love it and it's going on my fridge yes (laughs) I'm glad you love it (laughs) so I am with you Portraits are busts, and I did the same thing for for Kate's portrait. Um, it's a bust of her, and I'll let her take a look. I'm excited. Oh my gosh, I love it! I love how impressionistic it is. <laughs> <laughs> so it is um, a bust um, of me, and it's got my my short brown hair and my brown eyes and my pink little cheeks and mouth. <laughs> <laughs> on this like grayish greenish bluish background with a bunch of hearts around it it's very sweet I love it thanks yeah this is cool yeah I added a lot of that color uh from uh, some of our other finger paintings (laughs) so I was like I'll just use this as a nice neutral background I guess but um I wanted to do I was thinking like what kind of pattern do I want in the background and at first I was thinking I would do a bunch of books (laughs) That would be hard. But then I was like, that's not going to read as a book. It's just going to look like blobs. No, (laughs) this is perfect. I made little impressionist hearts instead. No, it's really cute. I feel like it's one of those where if I like squinted and like held it away, I would see like my exact face. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I did not want to put any like major details in there. Everything is just sort of like suggestions of a face Mm -hmm. because it's hard to get right. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely in mine went a little more, um, which is my style in general and trying to do people, a little more cartoony. It's yeah. cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is great. Oh, I love this. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> this was a fun little craft and gift exchange. I highly recommend all BFFs out there do this together. 
It's very sweet. Yes. It's such an, and it was such an easy activity too. Like we mentioned just some cheap acrylic paints, some paper that'll hold up to the paint and uh, an afternoon to kill some time. It was very fun, very cheap and highly recommend because it comes out so cute. Thanks for listening to this season's finale. We wanted to keep this one nice and quick for you since we know all you parents out there have very limited, very precious time. Please let us know what you thought of all of these movies. If there were any kids horror movies that you thought that we missed that you'd love to see us cover in the future. Love to hear it. Love to cover it. We will see you next season in 2023. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching. <laughs>